need help? We're starting a new year. That means we're starting a new theme this year. We finished Hold Fast. We finished you know, knowing what God had showed us throughout the whole year, that he was truly faithful to us. If you want to know what uh, he showed us uh, in regards to 2019, you have to go and listen to that online. Um, it's only audio. We've just got our Mevo uh, live stream back. So today you'll be able to live stream. Yahoo. So welcome to those that are online today. Um, I truly believe that God has something absolutely wonderful for us, as I always do. You know, when the Word of God gets opened up, we kind of know that he's ready to actually plant seeds in our hearts. And and I want him to plant seeds in all of your hearts. My desire is that you would see God in a greater measure and understand who he is for you. So today we're going to be starting a new journey called Unshakable Journey. Is part one, Unshakable Journey, part one. I'm going to read the verse and then we're going to pray. The verse is in uh, Isaiah 28, 16, which says this. Therefore the Lord God said, look. I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. That's where we're getting our theme this year. So the month of January, I'm going to break down this verse. I'm going to break down the book of Isaiah for you to understand that we have some lessons to learn from the people of Israel. We have things that we can go back in history and find out what is it that they were trying to show us. What was it that the prophets were speaking? And so before I go there, let's just bow our heads and ask God to just come and move upon our hearts. I don't know about you, but you know we just had two weeks really fairly uh, with no schedule at, at the church, and, and sometimes we think that's what we need to come back. We're just as tired as when we started, and I think sometimes our focus is on wrong things, and we, we build on the wrong things, and I think this is what we're going to be challenged with today. Uh, you know, to have an unshakable journey means to have a, a, a belief that's based on something so much greater than ourselves and what we're living, and so that's my prayer for you. So let's bow our heads and ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are in full agreement that without you, we can do nothing. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and touch our hearts, open up our ears, and, you know, just lift up whatever is on our hearts not to hear God. I come against the veil that comes, Lord, the wall that we hit when we come and sit and hear the word of God. Lord, I come against that in the name of Jesus. God, I'm praying for breakthrough today. I'm praying, God, that you would make yourself known to many people who probably don't even know you deeply. God, I'm asking for us who have been and have unfortunately come and just say, same old, same old, God. We have a, an attitude that has a disposition that keeps us from really embracing what you have for us. So today, I'm asking for a brand new start. Today, I'm praying, Lord, for revelation, Lord, that will bring us from a place of understanding, perception, and change in our life. Holy Spirit, we give you all reign today. I can't do anything but by you. Give me grace to do this and give grace to the hearers uh, that hear today. Amen? Amen. So this is Isaiah. So at the end, he says, to the one who believes will be unshaking. So in this book, for those that don't know, and I'm not going to go there all of it today. I'm just going to just gloss over it because I need to bring you through the theme, what we're going to be doing this year as a church. It's very important that we know, you know, from, you know, you know when runners run, they run and they just, you know, they look far, they look at something and they keep their eye focused on something to keep them, you know, just, uh, you know, living and walking and, and running according to what they had a plan. They had a plan before they started. And overcoming is a prior plan. So we want to overcome all trials, all temptations, all circumstances this year, knowing that God has already laid down a foundation for us. And, and he's done that through the word. And so we as a church leader believe that this is where we're going this year. But when we look at the book of Isaiah, we understand that the book, the whole concept of the book is the book of salvation salvation, the book of deliverance. But when you start reading this book, you understand from the chapter 1 to 39, it's all about judgment. It's about woe, and you're going, whoa, I don't, I don't get the salvation thing here. But you see, the people of God had heard all that they needed to hear about God, and despite it all, they went to other gods. Despite it all, they put their confidence, they, they lifted 
lifted up idols. They lifted up false images. They went to other things. They brought in mixture. And so the chapter 1 to 39 just shows the prophet trying to remind the people of who God was. And, but they weren't listening. God asked him, would you go for me? But he says, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, 80% of the people won't listen to what you're saying. What a job. <laughs> that is hard to preach and teach and to know ahead of time that only, only 20% will hear. Unfortunately, we live in such a time as this. And so Isaiah starts preaching, starts telling them the woes, tells, telling them the judgment. But, and then he goes on to, you know, chapter 40 to 66. It's about consolation. It's about God is great. God is good. God is grace. Grace, God is glory. And so he reminds the people, and this is this verse 28, uh, chapter 28, goes, and right in the middle of it, he brings something, a promise that will be fulfilled through a Messiah. And we know that it's hundreds of years later that Jesus comes into play. But he says, I will lay down a stone in Zion. I will give, I will test that stone. It will it'll be a precious cornerstone. It'll be the only thing that would hold up the house. And it's going to be a sure foundation. There's, there's no way that it can be shifted. And the one that believes in that stone will never, ever be shaken. Now, we know that this promise has been fulfilled. It's been fulfilled, we, and, but at this point, he's telling them, because now they are, they've just seen what happened to the, the people of Israel in the book of Isaiah. In that particular time, they just saw the kingdom, the northern kingdom, get uh, put into captivity to the Assyrians. Their brothers and sisters are gone. And now they're being actually attacked by the same nation and others to come and take over the southern kingdom. And they are in despair. 137 years goes by and now they're faced with the great possibility that they're going to be taken into captivity. And so they are actually greatly shaken. And so he gives them this scripture. He says, be patient Hold on, I am sending you at an appointed time someone who will be a sure foundation for you. I will lay a hold of this foundation for the people. I will bring it through one person. And we know that person is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He will be a sure foundation that will never give away, that will be firm, strong, and immovable. When we put our trust and our confidence in who Jesus is, we start realizing the reason why we'll never be shaken. And so now he says to, uh, to them, don't run anymore. Don't run scared. Yes, you'll be taken into captivity, but one day this promise will be fulfilled. He says his justice and his righteousness will sweep away all the falsehood when he comes. When Jesus comes, he will sweep away all the lies and he will replace all of the broken foundation, broken foundation of religion by a sure foundation. So when Jesus came, this prophecy was fulfilled. Today, we are the living stones. We are the, actually the, the, the ripple effect of what Jesus did. If we believe in Jesus today, we believe that he died and rose again and sat at the right hand of the Father, you and I are called living stones. This is what he says in 1 Peter 2, 4 to 6. As you come to me, to him, the living stone. So Jesus is the living stone. It was, the stone was rejected by man, but chosen by God and precious to God. You also, like living stones, us, you and I, are being built into a spiritual house and to be whole, a holy priesthood, offering special sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For, it, for in Scripture it says, now he repeats the same thing that we just heard in Isaiah 28. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never, never be put to shame. Two difference there. In, in, the, in the Old Testament, he says don't, he, they'll never be shaken, which means that they'll never see the need to flee or to have flight. Because a lot of us, when we're faced with situations, even know that we are living stones under that cornerstone, I mean, on top of that cornerstone, we still flee when we're faced with troubles. 
We flee, we do the flight thing, we, uh, you know, we withdraw, we, you know, we, we, we isolate, we flee. But he says here, if you trust in him, you will not be put to shame. That means you won't be confounded by your circumstances. You won't be perplexed or confused by them because the truth behind this living stone, this cornerstone, is that he can hold on to pretty much anything if you only but put your trust in him. Jesus is what keeps everything together. The scripture shows that Jesus Christ is the only foundation of our hope today. And that those who build on any other foundation will in the end be disappointed. You want to know why you're disappointed? A lot of us are disappointed because we put our confidence in the people in the church. A lot of us are disappointed because we put our trust in the church leadership. A lot of us have forgotten to build on the right cornerstone. We are just a reflection and merely a people who have finite minds that cannot, uh, cannot actually know all things, and we don't do all things right. But we do know that when we build on other foundations to keep us safe, we will be disappointed. I believe God is telling us the same thing here today. We need to stop building on the wrong things. God will bring us to a place of greater knowledge and greater experience in him this year. But the question I need to ask you is, do you believe it? Do you believe that God can bring you to a greater place? Now, we know, according to Peter, that he says that I, I, I just, I want to, I, my will is that you grow in grace and the knowledge of him who saved you. This is God's will for you. There is no way that you are where you are because God somewhere just forgot to be God. He stays. He's that sure foundation that cannot be changed. And so here we need to see what does the word unshakable. That's our, that's our theme. Unshakable means this. It's a belief, a felt, and, uh, a felt, a belief that's felt, and unable to be changed by our circumstances. A belief not possible to be weakened by our situations and, our, and, and a belief that is not able to be shaken. Remember the word shaken means not to take flight or to flee while in a place of fear. Other words that are very similar to unshakable is steadfast, resolute, and firm. So when we believe in the steadiness of God, when we find our security in him, what happens is we become steadfast, resolute, and firm. We are purposeful. We are determined. And when that happens, the people that come out of that become immovable and ultimately unstoppable. That means the suffering will come and the trials and the storms and the fires and the rains, but the people who have made a decision to walk this journey and to cast their confidence on him who is the cornerstone, who is Jesus Christ, what happens is that we, when we're faced with things, we will not be shaken. We will not flee. We will build on the right things. We will go to the right place. So as the Israelites had to look again to God in the midst of a horrible situation, we are asked to do the same. Throughout the year, we will be challenged to look to God for our sense of security. You know that we put our, we put our sense of security in many things. If only my husband knew the Lord. I would feel secure. If only I had a woman with me and I was married, I would be okay. If only. So when we do the if only and we put our sense of security in all the wrong places, we, we, we will be disillusioned. We will be disappointed and maybe even embittered by it. God's desire is that we have a fixed disposition. A lot of us have dispositions. Some, some of us, we have a disposition of being very patient long-suffering. Have you ever seen people like that? They take, 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 and take, and really just stay sweet. Have you ever seen people like that? But God is asking us to develop a disposition of trust in him. But how can we develop this fixed disposition? How do we build this spiritual house that he's talking about in 1 Peter? One thing I do know is that we can't leave our building and our confidence setting by chance. 
Because if you wait until you feel to follow God, you're going to wait a whole long time because this flesh and this sinful nature really truly doesn't desire the things of God. The only thing that makes a difference in me today is that uh, there was an exchange that happened when I said yes to Jesus. My spirit became awakened where I can commune and understand his presence, and then he gave me his new divine spirit. His nature lives within me. My flesh will fight against me every day, but I can't leave my ability to grow in the Lord by chance. Oh, my goodness. We need to be intentional. And so as leaders, we were going, are going to be intentional year after year, year and month after month week after week, to put before you tremendous truths that will help you. I'm going a little bit too further into my message. I am so looking forward for you to see this journey. But I have to actually continue to build a foundation for you today. So if we were to break, we just broke down the word unshakable. Now we need to break down the word journey. Do you know the word journey in the word of God means, as, as a metaphor, it means the word life, our Christian life, all right? The Bible sets before us two ways to live. The first way is to live a life that is consistent with God's desire and God's instruction. The second way is to, to live a life that is consistent with our own desires and our own instructions. The great challenge laid before us for each Christian is to constantly grow in consistency with that, with what God desires, what he requires, to pursue growth, to continue moment by moment from the moment of salvation right up to the moment of death. We actually don't see our life as a journey as a Christian. We don't see it, and I think this is where the problem arises. Now, the definition of the word journey is this. It is, a, is, it, it is an act of traveling from one place to another, an act of taking a voyage. We're uh, we're traveling. And the Bible tells us we're pilgrims, sojourners. We are citizens of heaven, no longer citizens of earth. But when we actually look at our life as a destination, this is where we go wrong most of the time. Destination is about a goal. It's about a focus on succeeding or failing. It's about the here and the now. Do you remember that illustration we gave about the line? The, the line is like the eternal journey that we have before us, and then the dots are the events that happen. Well, destiny is about us focusing on the dot. Now we focus on the event. We focus on the failure. We focus on, on the betrayal. We focus on the pain, the, the suffering, and we forget that we are in on a journey. And that God's going to use all of those dots to grow us into something better after we finish that event, that dot. And so what we need to remember here today is that destination is not what we're looking for. What we need to remember is that we are on a journey. We have periods of travel. We have progress we take from place to place. We know we, we don't know its end, and we don't know why it happens, and there are many things that are uh, mysteries, but we need to press forward. We need to press on. The emphasis of a journey is not on a particular act or goal, but it is seen as a single unit. Let me give you an example. Maybe this will give you the understanding between journey and destination. 2015... I came back from my trip from Ireland to find out that I had heart issues. I was 51 years old. There was no way. I had no prior conditions, no prior warning. And when I got myself to the emergency room, they said, listen, there's, there is an issue with your heart. We're not sure what it is. We believe it might be atrial fibrillation. Now, for those that don't know it, it's really actually not good. And for a 51-year-old, it's really not seen. You see this maybe in the 70s and 80s, but not in the 50s. Plus, I never had any prior indicators. And so I was dumbfounded. The first two weeks of that journey, I remember walking in a place of fear. I had no control. But I started understanding that I had to make a decision. There are certain things that I had to do. So here I found myself that I needed to follow through and I needed to get healthier. 
There were some decisions I had to make, and I needed to the journey back to that place of hell. Now, I could have just put the goal on, I have to lose weight. And I did. I lost 18 pounds. I've got to lose weight. But if I forget, just if I put it, if I just kept it there that I had to lose weight, I would have forgotten that I had to change my, actually, my sleeping patterns. I had to change how I ate. That means I had to change my lifestyle. I had to change everything about me walking that journey into a place of health. I couldn't make it just about one thing. I had to make it about everything. That's what journeys do. They don't make it about one thing. They make it about the bigger picture. And so now, after five years, I am still on that journey of health. I don't just do one thing. I do them all because I want to get to the end of my journey better. I want to stick around for my grandchild who's about to be born in two weeks. I want to be better for you and for my children. I want to leave a legacy. I want to touch the people here in this community for God. But if I am sick and unable, will I be able to journey well, to travel from one place to another, to grow as I should? No. And so that day I realized it wasn't about a goal. It wasn't about the event. It was about life. And I needed to bring different things into play. It required me to look to the bigger picture And that is what it is about our spiritual walk. Sometimes we make it just about one thing. When God said, no, I've been showing you. This is a journey. You just don't hit something. You say, okay, it's over. No, it's everything. So every day, I don't want to get up at 6 to go to the gym. Are you kidding me? It's intentional. I don't leave it by chance. Oh, I think if I feel good tomorrow, I'll go and do it. No, I decided that I'm on a journey to stay healthy for all the right reasons, not because of what I look like, but because I want to stick around for as long as I have to for the kingdom. I want to do this for God. So the journey is about something so much bigger than just us or the goal or the events. It is about a pressing on. It's about going forward. It's the same thing spiritually. We cannot arrive at a place of maturity overnight. The Christian life or journey is a process. We never arrive. I have not arrived at that place yet physically, and I'm not arrived yet spiritually, but I go forth. I press on. I continually am steadfast. When we get stuck in the ruts, beloved, it is often because we lose sight of the venture. We lose sight of the bigger picture, and we have made it about the goal, the act, the event, the trial. And God wants us to look at the bigger picture. You see, heaven is not our destination. It is our eternal home. When I said yes to Jesus, it was already settled. He says, Mona, I'm going before you. I'm going to make a room for you. I'm preparing your house. I know where I'm going. So I don't walk this journey to go to heaven because I know I'm already going to heaven. There has to be another reason why we're walking the journey. Do you guys know it? Do you know it? The objective of our Christian life, our journey, is to love the Lord our God with all of who we are. If anything comes into play on this journey that takes me away from that objective, I need to question if it's really God bringing that into play. That is something we will continue to do, seeking to love the Lord with all our hearts for all eternity. In order for us to live an unshakable journey, first we must recognize that this is not about destination. It's about journey. That means it's going to take time. You know this whole thing about when I tell people, get back to the Word, and they read the Word for a week and say, well, nothing has changed. Beloved, there's nothing instant about this journey. But that's the beauty. We know the Word of God says, I know the outcome if I keep on journeying with God. My outcome is I'm going to become just like Jesus. And the way I think, the way I see, the way I move, the way I act, I'll become just like the one I'm journeying after. So I don't have to worry about the outcome. The outcome is already predicted. You're victorious. You're more than an overcomer. You're an extraordinary woman who is actually going to be chosen for something greater than what you think. 
And so for me, I don't have to worry about the outcome. I just have to make sure that on the journey, I understand. I have to press on. When a pitfall comes into play because I'm hurt, I need to press on. When things happen, there's major holes on this journey, I need to look up. When I know that there's certain things I can't figure out, I have to stop making it about me. It's something bigger. The journey is about learning how to love God, to grow in our trust of him, also to develop this disposition to trust him. Some of us, our disposition didn't change even though we've been given so much truth. We still don't trust God. Youch. In the end, it only causes us to be greatly shaken. When it comes to God, when it comes to how we view ourselves and how we view the church and how we view people, it actually changes everything. So how will we develop a disposition of trust? How will we become an unshakable person on this journey? How do I build my spiritual house and how do I help you build your spiritual house? Now, all we have to do is go back to scriptures. Paul gives us something that we need to look at. Paul imagined the Christian life, our journey, as us being spiritual athletes, a person with a longing for spiritual fitness and spiritual success. It's, athletes don't give up when they fail, when they hit a wall. Do, you, do they give up? And what they're running for is something temporal. For us, spiritually, we don't have to give up when things are bad. We just have to get back up and go forward. If an athlete disciplines himself until he breaks the ribbon or raises a trophy, the Christian discipline disciplines himself until his life is over and he has received his eternal rewards. I know where I'm going. I'm not walking this journey to get to heaven. I'm already there. I'm just practicing now. I want to know how to love God, how to develop all of those things while I'm here on earth. Paul also writes this in 2 Timothy, and this is here on the screen. And he, this is, he's just about to die. And he says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is a store, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. You see, on my journey, my longing is God is coming back. Jesus is coming back for his remnant. And I want to be part of that remnant. Now, every Christian longs to see and receive that sweet crown of victory. But Paul doesn't stop just there. He says in uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7, he says, train yourself up for godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Now, godliness is a simple word, but hiding behind it is a lifelong challenge. That's why you can't just read your word for a week or two and just think that something's going to miraculously happen. No, beloved, it's a process. We are in the journey of actually developing how to love God and how to grow in godliness. How to, and then godliness is about walking as I should before God. So here, the unshakable journey here today in 2020 is about encouraging you to build your spiritual house. We will be using the book from Tim Chalice, which is called Visual Theology, as a skeleton for our journey. We will break it down all year round, month to month. We will be given information on how to grow in godliness, how to live the Christian life, how to train yourself, not just by believing the right doctrines, but truth, but by putting those beliefs into action. Beloved, there's one thing to believe, but it's quite another thing to put it into practice. The application is part of the journey. So the fact is, you and I know, we have all encountered Christians who have massive knowledge about Jesus, but who don't seem to act much like Jesus. Cricket, 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 <laughs> yowch. But you see, this 
unshakable journey is going to expose the reason for it. You have a lot, a lot of people who love to serve like Jesus served, but don't seem to have much knowledge of the Jesus they follow. Some Christians are underdeveloped, some of them are overdeveloped in some areas, and there's some different areas that need to change. You know, in September with my gym buddy who kills me every time, we changed our program in September. And so we figured we're going to do another program, and, and it was like horrible. And, but in, within two months, I realized that it was great for my stamina endurance, but I was very weak in muscle. Like I couldn't do my, 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 the things that I needed to do. So I said to Christy, this program doesn't work. We need to change it back to another program. So what we did is we looked at it. We changed the program. We understood there were areas lacking in that one. We were stronger in some and we needed to do different things. And so we, we just, we didn't quit. I didn't quit the gym because it wasn't working. I, I wasn't discouraged. No, all we did is we changed program and started anew. Let's pick up on a different program. And it's going to be like that for us as we journey. It's the same thing spiritually. God, we are so focused on the now and the instant stuff that we forget the journey is about a process. And if the enemy gets you thinking like this, he's going to get you to get out of the word. He's going to get you to think that God is not a keeper of his word. He's going to let you actually build on a foundation of unbelief because what you don't understand is that you looked at your Christian life as a destination and not a journey. And when we do, then we understand we do have to discipline ourselves. We do have to run the race. We do have to be intentional. Because I don't want to just have knowledge. I want that knowledge to actually touch my heart so that it can transform me into the woman I must be. Now, one of the things that Tim Chalice says is that the best lived Christian life is one of discipline and one of coordination. Like, I'm telling you, we're so full of distractions that the first thing that gets pulled away from our life is God. Can I hear an Amen. And it's not a good amen, by the way. But it is an amen, nevertheless. It's an honest amen. But because I believe we don't look at our life the right way. We don't understand the objective of how we're going to be walking this journey and who is over us in this journey. If we take all that we do and all that we are as Christians, we can divide the Christian life into four pursuits or four disciplines. Both words are interchangeable here. One, we can actually grow close to God. That's the first picture, which is kind of like shadowy, which is, I'm, forgive me for that. Grow close to God. The second pursuit, understanding the work of Christ. The third, becoming like Christ. And the fourth is living for Christ. Live for Christ. These four pursuits, disciplines, will help us on our journey. And it will help us to find our security in him, in the steadiness of God. Remember, it's a belief that will not be weakened, but strengthened over time, and it will cause us to become people who are not greatly shaken. Now, I want to go through it really quickly, those four pursuits, because that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, you have your pamphlets with you today. If you want to open up, you can follow with me, because I broke it down for the whole year. You want to know how we're going to do this? The first months, the first few months from February to April, because we only start in February, we're going to pursue growing closer to Christ. One thing that distinguished Christianity from every other faith in the world is that Christianity is not only a religion, but also a relationship. Some have repeated this so often, it's just become a cliche to you. Oh, it, we don't have religion, we have relationship. But what does it really mean to you? Have you really grown in your love for Christ and for God since you've come to the Lord? You see, we can't lose the wonder of this miraculous fact that Christianity is a religion based on relationship with a person. As Christians, we have entered into a real living relationship with the creator of the universe. This is just no, 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 nobody is the creator. And as Christians, our first and most basic discipline is cultivating and growing into that personal relationship with Jesus as we hear from him, 
as he speaks to us and we worship him. How do you think we do that? I cannot cultivate this relationship. But if you were to look back and play the movie of 2019, you can see the different places where you made it about the dot. You made it about an event, a situation which got you off the journey of growing in Christ. This year, we're going to be so specific and so strategic. I'm hoping that when distractions do come, when things do come to take away your affections, beloved, there are such a chaotic battle over your lives today. Have you not figured it out? Spiritual warfare has increased 50%, not if not even more. I sense it every time I walk into this door. And I'm realizing the enemy is at, he's, he's, he's actually looking to see who he's going to destroy. We have people here who knew the truth, who walked away from truth. People who are so deceived that they think they're okay, but they've totally abandoned the things of God. His church, his mission, his kingdom. Oh my goodness, how can we get to this place? I believe is that we have looked at our Christian life as a destination as opposed to a journey. And we've become unshakable. New Year's Eve, we talked about how God has given us a lot of seeds. The seeds, we talked about the parable of the sower. And the seed is the word of God, and the heart is the soil. We discovered that God was faithful to us 2019. He gave us everything we needed to build a whole fast system. But many of us, when the seed came, we were care careless with it. So some of us, we refused. Some of us, we, we rejected it. Some of us, we turned away. So our hearts became hardened or it became shallow or it became crowded with everything that we're going through. And many of us, as we finished 2019, came to the conclusion that we never cultivated the seed. We never let God water it. We were so busy doing our life that God was right out of the equation. And then we come at the end of the year with total chaos. Our marriages are in disorders. Our relationships are broken. Our children are far away from God. Our children want nothing to do with God. You understand, beloved, God was faithful to you. And he's going to continue to be faithful because you are his children. And he wants you to grow in Christ. That will require discipline and cultivation in this word. That's why we're asking you to do the reading plans with each other so that we can do fellowship with each other. We can come to church knowing that everybody knows pretty much the same thing and we are sharing tidbits and little nuggets of the word together. Let us do this journey together, growing together in Christ. Number two, understanding the work of Christ. Now, in the month of May and June, we're going to be talking about the unshakable story of God and the unshakable doctrine we have that keeps us immovable. The Christian faith involves a relationship, but a relationship requires knowing things about the person as well. See, that's why marriages go south. You stop communicating. You stop knowing what the other person wants, and you just live for yourself. And that's why Christ really puts it down. He puts what the man should do, what the woman should do, because he understands we're very self-focused and self-centered. But he puts these things before us. And so it requires that we get to know who God is. And when we do, we will love him. But that requires information. So the emphasis in the second discipline is to need to grow to, of our understanding of what God is accomplishing in this world through the work of Christ. Do you know what he's accomplishing in your, your community? How about your family? Have you spent any time just actually seeking God? God, what are you doing in my wife? Can you show me? God, what is it you want me to do in this situation in my marriage? You know, I, I just make it about the event, but there has to be something greater than that. God, give me wisdom to understand this. And so growing in understanding his work is understanding that he's given us the Holy Spirit and the word of God to guide us. So as we do that, we will also grow in our knowledge of God himself. And that leads us to the third, and we're almost finished, becoming like Christ. July to September, we're going to see unshakable resources, the unshakable team that God has given us, and the unshakable life that we have inside us. As we grow close to Christ and as we grow in our knowledge of his work, we will find ourselves with a longing to become like him. Have you had any longing 
lately that when you have been doing the same old thing to your wife or to your husband, something starts happening. You're going, God, you know what? I'm so tired of responding to her like this. Show me what is your heart towards her. And if you let God and you wait and you seek, God will open your eyes to his heart towards that precious gift that he gave you. And he will cause you to realize that she is so precious and so tender and so beautiful that we have to actually protect her. And then we, we will see as women of God how God wants us to honor our, 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 our husbands and, and submit to them, not because they have everything right, but because God says, you let me lead you and I'll teach you how to love your husband. And we know that there are many spouses here that don't know the Lord, but what if we start becoming so much like Christ, we start understanding there are certain things we got to let go of. The Bible tells us that our purpose in life is to be conformed to the image of Christ, to think like him, to speak like him, to behave like him. What a challenge. That's our measurement, by the way. And so when I'm not behaving or thinking of him, I can just go back to God. I'm on a journey. If I fall in the hole of me thinking about what I want, I just get out of the hole and say, here I am again. God, change the way I'm thinking. So we do this by putting away old habits, old patterns, and old passions that we've had. And we replace them with the new ones that the Holy Spirit does. He brings as we go through our trials. We have to give him opportunity to do that. And I know that we will give you a whole bunch of opportunity. We'll set you up with seminars about disciple making. We're going to set you up with seminars about tactics and how to answer questions to those that are asking you in the community. We are going to give you a whole lot of information, but will it only just stay that? Or will we have hears to hear? with the intent of obeying what God is showing us. And let me finish with the last one. The last pursuit that we're going to see in this journey of unshakable, the unshakable journey, is the one that says we live for Christ. That means we're going to see from October to December our unshakable call, unshakable love, and unshakable promises over us. This discipline is one that should consume every day of our entire life, but beloved, we are consumed by so many other things. We need to learn to live for Christ from the moment we wake up each day to the moment we fall asleep. And to live in such a way as Christians, to love as Christians, to serve as Christians, to do all we do in a distinctive way, in a Christian way. You see, uh, many people, and I've said it so many times, some people say, oh, does this person go to your church? I hate it when they ask me this because I'm not too sure what that person's done. And I know I'm not responsible, but I, I, you know, and I know God's big enough, he can take care of his testimony, but we are the living testimony of God here on earth. We are his body. And when we are not functioning well, when we are not becoming, growing in Christ, understanding his work, becoming like Christ, then we will not live for Christ and so now we're going to give you, we will help you learn to live for Christ from the moment by moment, from situation by situation. We are going to go forth. We're going to walk alongside you. We're going to keep helping you to grow. You will make those decisions to be intentional. I'm hoping that with everything that God is showing us, that we will start reaching out to people in need. We will move beyond the destination stuff and we will start actually changing different things that are in our life. I have made some very, very structured changes for this year for me. It's my journey. I'm, I'm taking away a whole lot of things that have weakened me spiritually. I'm taking away a whole lot of things that make me leak spiritually. And so what I'm doing is I'm intentionally doing these decisions because I want to walk well on this journey. But it's not just about me. Because what happens is that we, as we reach out to people, people will see something. And God will be on the move through us to touch the people who are in need. Because if a church, if we lose our abilities to be helpers, to walk alongside others, then we become just a shell of what we should be. You know, I've come to the conclusion at the end of 2019, 
I became very discouraged in 2019 for the first time. I wanted to leave ministry, and it, there's remnants of it, if I'm going to be totally honest of it, because I forgot that God had called me to walk this journey, not because everybody else is walking it, it's because he asked me to. But last time I checked, he asked all of you to as well. He didn't take you out of darkness so you can sit here on Sunday and do nothing. Oh, no, no, he took you out of darkness because he had a plan and a purpose for you. So that first, that you could love him, and through loving him, you will affect others in your life. And as a church, we go out from these walls, and we affect others for him. We have the hope. The heart of our journey this year is to investigate each one of these disciplines, or the pursuits that I've talked about, to assess, to build, and to hone in on those areas that are weak, and to grow together. If you are a new Christian here today, you will learn how to pursue godliness in a measured and a balanced way. If you have been a Christian for a long time, you will have to look at your spiritual health and fitness as I have had to look at my spiritual health and fitness. And you need to identify the areas of strength and weaknesses and make plans to grow in those areas. I can't make them for you. I can give you the resources. I can give you the information, but you will have to walk it out. Through it all, I want to challenge all of you to make a lifelong habit of training yourself for godliness. And I want to approach this training, this journey, in a new way with the life of Christ in us. You see, none of us have arrived yet. As an athlete never stops training, a Christian can never stop striving to go towards godliness, towards being a disciple of Christ. In the process, we will shine our light to those who have no hope so that the message of our life will provide a thirst in others that they will want to come to the living waters we already have. That is the reason why we were called out. That is the reason why we are here in existence in North Shore. But we've made it about the events, the pain, and everything else, and we forgot that we can actually come forth from these pitfalls, these holes, these troubles, actually better. Because God has put us on a journey. And I want to finish with this scripture. Philippians 3, 13, 14 says this. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. See, the heavenly prize is at the end of my journey no matter what. But while I'm traveling... I want to grow in Christ. I want to understand his work here on the earth. I want to become like him, and I want to live for him. That is what is going to be before us. See, this is not for the game player. This is for the people who say, hey, listen, I've kind of lived a journey with very little results, but this year, 2020, I'm going forward. It's just a decision. Or we can continue walking this journey with very little change. Beloved, I don't desire this for you, and all I can do is pray. But I will lead. I will set the pace with my husband and the many others who are going to help me preach this year. We will set the pace for you. So the question you need to ask you yourself is, do I want to follow? Do I want to follow? Do I want to make it about God? Do I want to remove all of the falsehood, the lies, the different things I've embraced, made it about something else? Do I want to grow in godliness? Do I want to be used by God? I do. And I say, I do. And I know that I can't say it because I know you're going to follow me. I'm saying it because God asked me. But I believe that call is all upon us according to this one here. He called us all to this journey, beloved, to run that race, to stand firm and be determined, to be brave and courageous on this journey because he already knows the end. And while we travel, we will discover who he is and the people in our lives will discover who he is through us. 
which I think is phenomenal. So the choice is before you. And that's how I'm going to end. I want to pray for you today. We've got a whole lot. We saw the journey be brought towards us today in a very specific way. And now it is about you to decide if you want to follow. Heavenly Father, I come to you knowing that you've already actually spoken to many of us in different areas of our lives that we have been either lazy or careless and that we've opened doors to things that we should have never opened doors and we made it about the door that we opened. But you want us not to make it about any of that today. You want us to decide which side of heaven we're going to end up on. I want to end up with one with that crown waiting for me. But in order to do that, God, I know you're asking me to let go of things that are not necessarily sin, but things that drag me down. They weigh me down. And God, I know that you're asking the same thing for your people. You, are, you brought them here today to listen to this message, to give them hope, to show them that if they start pursuing this, that things will change in their lives, in the lives of their family, in their marriage. But it won't be without a cost. That means we will have to discipline ourselves. We will have to make those choices over and over again. I pray for courage. I pray for, you know, just a, a, a strength, a, 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 a reckoning in our heart, God, that they are going to choose you over all these things. God, I pray, Lord, for a new beginning, a new change in their life today, that they will actually understand what you are asking and that you have already equipped them for this journey. We just have to trust you. God, I pray that they find security in you and you alone, that they will build on the cornerstone that will never fail them or, or never move away. God, I pray, Lord, for an understanding deeper than just hearing the information today, that they will make a decision in their hearts to follow you today. In whatever measure you put before them, they will just come and show up and show up and show up with the word, show up with you. And God, when they fail, they'll just get back up again because you are a God of mercy and love. God, you do not punish. You actually expose to set us free. Oh, God, I thank you. I ask, Lord, for a covering, a blessing upon these people. In Jesus' name, I pray. So as we continue this journey, remember, we will be challenged beyond what we know and what we've understood. But know this, he's always before you, and he has you by your hand. He will walk with you. Amen?